It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, holy crap, the Raptors made a trade and we react to it live. Let's get to it on your special emergency OG Ananobi for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Baird and a whole bunch of other stuff. Extravaganza. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a surprise instant reaction episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, this is going on, I believe, while today's episode is still premiering because some stuff has happened. The Toronto Raptors, per Woj and all the other insider types, have traded OG Ananobi along with Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn to the Knicks. The Knicks, the team that's suing them. Crazy for Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, and a second round pick that I believe belongs to the Detroit Pistons, if I've read that right. I've read a million tweets. Apologies if I get some factual stuff a little off today. Uh, it's kind of wild. Uh, so yeah, we're going to dig into my quick early takeaways from this trade. We will get into what I think this means for the Raptors rotation as it stands right now. And of course, what the hell does this mean for Pascal Siakam, who... Everyone's kind of been pointing to today, December 30th, the day of this trade is the day where it's kind of the deadline for the Raptors to get something done extension-wise with Pascal if they want to maintain trade flexibility with him in the summer. Maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they want to pair him with Emmanuel Quickly and Scotty Barnes for the rest of time. I don't know. We'll get into all that coming up later today as well. A reminder, of course, the place to be right now is the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. If you're not in there, uh, if you go to the most previous, most recent episode of the show, there is a link to join. Maybe someone can drop it in the comments as well if there's a Discord person in the comments jumping in, uh, but would love to see uh, you people join the Discord as well. It's popping off as it is. And look, I'm not going to say that I willed this trade to happen, but I did posit an Emmanuel quickly based trade with OG Ananobi going the other way in the summer a couple times and then again like two weeks ago and i have been talking about emmanuel quickly as the dude i want the raptors to target for for ages so like i don't know there's some foresight going on in the discord if you want that i don't know let's get into it again raptors deal og uh you know frankly like a top 12 to 15 all-time toronto raptor you don't do this lightly. Of course, the pending UFA, the contract stuff was the big thing hanging over OG and the whole issue with, you know, keeping together the best players on this team. It was always going to be challenging to do that and still maintain a roster around Scotty Barnes that makes sense. This deal helps to get that done. OG, pressures a chew of Malachi Flynn. So essentially one current, regular, reliable rotation player in exchange for quickly and Barrett to very dependable rotation players along with the second round pick again from the Pistons, which uh, figures to be pretty juicy. So that's nice. 
Um, but yeah, let, let's just dive in. I, I think for me, the big takeaway here is it sucks to move on from OG. It sucks that it came to this point. The Raptors front office, I think, painted themselves into a corner where there was only so much they were going to be able to do to salvage this thing going forward and put a team around Scotty Barnes that makes sense without stripping it down to the studs, which they clearly do not want to do, evidenced by this trade where they only get one second round pick back. And I know there's some people mad about that, but for me, the big takeaway from this trade is Emmanuel quickly is a perfect fit with Scotty Barnes. He brings pull-up juice. Last I checked, I was looking through his numbers like a week ago. 38% on pull-up threes, 37% on catch and shoots. That might be inverse, but either way, he goes a long way to solving the pull-up shooting problems this team has had since Fred Van Vliet departed, and I, I think it stands a chance of rectifying some of the stuff that's gone wrong with Jakob Pertl, both on offense and defense. On offense, he has a legit pull-up shooting guard to play with and pick and roll. It's just not been the case with Dennis Schroeder. That's been a nightmare to watch all season long. They've not found proper chemistry. There's no space when those guys work with one another. We just saw what Jakob Pertl can do playing with a very good pull-up shooting guard in the final 27 games after the trade last season. It amplifies him. On defense, quickly is a better point of attack guard than the Raptors currently have in their employ anywhere. Uh, sorry, quickly is. Barrett is also a pretty good defender as well, like no slouch. You lose OG, of course, but we've talked about OG. He's not been the same defender this season. There's been a decline there. Uh, not to say that it's going to stick forever. There's you know all sorts of reasons why that could be happening. I'm sure the Knicks are very happy they're getting his wing defense in a vacuum. He's a better defender than Barrett. But I think the bolstering of the guard defense, now that you're going to have, in theory, with a backcourt of Barrett and quickly together, I think that's pretty substantial for a team that has been leaving Jakob Pertl to, uh, to dry on an island for long stretches this season. So I think it helps Yak a little bit. I think quickly, again, pairing with Scotty Barnes, who we know is going to have the ball in his hands some. He's not a pure lead guard, though. I think that's pretty clear. And having quickly now to pair with him allows Scotty Barnes to be the do-it-all, jack-of-all-trades, you know, future basketball player that Masai Ujiri has long said that he is. He gets to be on the ball with quickly working away from the ball. That's a thing he does very well. Again, a 38% catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, we saw him on Christmas Day just pop off uh, against the Bucks. That's the type of stuff you can expect from Emmanuel quickly. Scoring in buckets, um, scoring in bunches, scoring buckets in bunches. I don't know. Leave me alone. Uh, I'm having a hard time collecting my thoughts. You get Scotty Barnes now, can work on the wings as well. You don't have to have him be the lead guard. You know, the starting lineup experiment's going to last, I think, just maybe two or three games here with Scotty as the lead guard. And I think that's fine because it opens him up to be the devastating spot-up player he's been so far this season with a legitimate guard and Emmanuel quickly drawing defenders and having drive gravity, getting to the rim. That's going to open up so much more for Scotty as like a second side guy attacking closeouts, obviously bombing away 39.5% from three. Quickly, obviously, he's got to prove he can do it over a bigger load of minutes and, and, and responsibility. His minutes have been down this season, but on a per 36 basis, this dude gets it done. 22.5 points, uh, four boards, four assists for him this season. You know, he's flirted with five and a half assists per 36 um, back in, in you know, the sort of his second season with the Knicks. He's obviously more in the scoring role behind Jalen Brunson these last couple seasons. Um, but I do think he's the type of guy that the Raptors had to be targeting all along to pair with Scotty Barnes, a guard who's a little established. You're not going to have to wait many, many years for him to develop because, he, you know, guard guards take a while, right? Like guards take a long time to 
figure themselves out. And they're at the point now with Scotty in year three going into year four, or just a year from now, not far from an extension, a rookie max extension. You can't wait for a guard to take a lot of years to figure himself out. Quickly is a lot closer to being a fully realized version of himself. And it has always to me been the type of guy who you give him a team to run. You give him the sort of free reign to be the lead guard in a squad. And there's a real chance at like a star turn there. Is it going to be Tyrese Maxey level? Probably not. I don't know if he's got the playmaking chops quite for that. He's obviously not like the unbelievable red hot three point shooter that, that Maxey is. But, you know, something like that where he becomes like a very clear number two to what Scotty Barnes is doing. That's on the table with more opportunity here for Emmanuel quickly. Again, I've been saying for six months, this is the dude the Raptors got a target. I was basically resigned to it not happening because I assumed the lawsuit was just going to render any hopes of a quickly trade to Toronto completely dead in the water. But I guess James Dolan uh, was uh, away celebrating the holidays, playing a show with JD in the straight shot, wasn't there to veto this trade. It's pretty exciting stuff, man. Quickly is the big takeaway here. And I know there's this concern, oh, you're not getting draft picks back for OG. They could have gotten so many picks for him last year, say from the Grizzlies or whomever at last year's deadline. I think Emmanuel quickly, considering where they are now, considering what Scotty Barnes has been this season, the leap he's taken, how ready he looks to be a dude, I think Emmanuel quickly getting him onto this team with the chance to pay him in restricted for agency this summer to keep him around for the long haul with Scotty Barnes, getting him in the door is more valuable than any pick that could have been on offer from the Knicks any middling protected pick from the Grizzlies. This is the thing they need. They need to go now. They couldn't afford to strip this whole thing down for the next number of seasons with a bunch of, you know, hopeful, you know, second draft guys and guys you're hoping hit when you take them in the draft, you know, with picks you acquire. Like quickly as a dude, now he's 24 years old. He can grow with Scotty Barnes and him on this team is more valuable to me than any other thing that they could have received pick package wise, you know, middling prospect wise. He's a real dude. And I think given the opportunity to start and, and work with a little bit more uh, free reign and playing off of what Scotty Barnes does so well, I think quickly has a shot to be bloody good for this team. And if any, nothing else, I just think it's a worthwhile shot for them to take. Maybe it doesn't work out. Guys don't always, you know, take the, take the jump and all that stuff. But I really think this is the type of dude who uh, it's like, this is who you got to pair him with. So my phone's talking to me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, (laughs) Bear with me here. We'll come back on the side. We'll get into the RJ Barrett of it all. He, to me, is the thing. If you don't like this trade, that's probably what you don't like is the RJ Barrett part here. What it means for Pascal Siakam. We'll get into the rotations, the starting lineup that'll sort of be assembled now that the deal's been made. We'll get into all that coming up in just one hot second here. Thanks for hanging out on this live reaction episode of Lockdown Raptors. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the best way to play daily fantasy sports. It's very simple. All you got to do is pick two to six players on a given entry on Prize Picks, and whether they will get more or less than their projected stats, courtesy Prize Picks projections, it's the way it should be. You don't have to go and worry about contending with a bunch of other lineups that you haven't seen, experts hidden in a basement putting together lineups you can't beat in daily fantasy. No, it's super easy. All you got to do is jump on in, make your more or less picks, and you are going to have yourself a great time playing daily fantasy. And guess what? With the Toronto Raptors now having Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, maybe they'll like hit some threes. You can say Emmanuel Quickly, take them more on his threes made, on his assists even. 
take those mores on Emmanuel quickly when he starts playing for the Raps. It's what you're going to want to be doing. Go check them out right now. Prize Picks, the single best way to go play daily fantasy sports. Visit prizepicks.com slash LockedNBA. Use the code LockedNBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with Prize Picks. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedNBA. Code LockedNBA for a first deposit match on Prize Picks up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, picking it back up here. Uh, the Raptors, again, if you're just joining us, if you're joining the live stream here, you're like, OG trade reaction. What's going on here? Yeah, the Raptors, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, out the door to the New York Knicks for Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, and a second round pick of the Detroit Pistons. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. There's a reason that we're carving this out. Uh, time for this podcast while the previous episode from the Celtics game is still uh, premiering over on the other side of the YouTube channel. It's a pretty massive deal for the Raptors. Obviously, I'm also not paying attention. Perhaps we've seen Pascal Siakam get extended in the time we've been sitting here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of nuts. Um, RJ Barrett. Let's talk about RJ Barrett. Uh, this is the part that I'm a little unsure on. I- I'm a little... I've never been an RJ Barrett guy myself. Like he's a fine player. He's been pretty good this year for the Knicks, although the extremely hot shooting start he had to begin the year has definitely leveled off and that, you know, crashing wave of regression to the mean has certainly come for him. He's at 33% from deep right now. He still does some stuff. He's got juice with the ball in his hands. Of course, I am a little curious how this all fits. And I'm especially curious what this means for Pascal Siakam. Like, is there another RJ Barrett move coming at some point? Was getting Barrett back in this deal just a condition of getting Emmanuel quickly back from the Knicks? Was it the lawsuit tax? I don't know. I don't think he's necessarily a salary dump guy or anything like that. He makes 24 million bucks this year. It goes up to 26 next year, 28 the year after that, 29 and a half the following year. He's a free agent in 2027. So he's under contract for a while, which, hey, for the Raptors, having a guy who's not a pending UFA, that's an A plus for me, baby. That's a nice change of pace from what they've been rolling out the last couple of years where it seems like it's just a steady stream of pending UFA. So that's a nice thing. Cost controlled guy who's under a deal. That's fine. Again, he's not my favorite type of player. And I do think the fit between Barrett, OG, sorry, Barrett, Siakam and Barnes, if you're going with that trio, two, three, four, it's just about as tricky as it was with OG. I think obviously the shooting with OG was better. I think the on-ball stuff from Barrett's a little bit better but I'm not sure how much you want the on-ball stuff from Barrett. So I'm really fascinated to see what their sort of intentions are here with RJ Barrett. I think if a Siaka move is coming, then it makes a little bit more sense for sure. And, you know, I guess we got to see what happens with a Siaka move. If there is one to be made, what can they get back? Um, but it, I do think they have a little optionality here. They can get a look at this for a month too, right? They made this trade early. There's still five weeks before the deadline. And R.J. Barrett, while you can't aggregate him in a trade uh, because he's been dealt you know, recently or whatever, he can still be traded on his own. And so maybe there is you know, a window here where they try to get a look at the Siakam-Barrett thing and say, hey, who would we rather pair with Scotty long-term? I, I still think Siakam is just like a really nice fit. And I think that even more now with Emmanuel Quickly on this team, like Quickly, Siakam, Scotty, you can go to work with that. That's a pretty fun trio and they complement each other very well. And again, it allows Scotty to kind of operate in all these different areas he can play as a small ball five with those guys he can uh work on the wing he can work as a guard with quickly off ball like there's all this stuff you can do with him because he's such a good shooter now that it becomes a little bit more tenable but yeah the barrett thing is a little bit weird and if you don't like this trade i think that's probably why i know he's a very polarizing player 
I know a lot of Canadian fans will just be happy to have a Canadian dude of some note on the team. And that's fun too, I guess. But um, I'm a little curious about what the fit is and what this means for Siakam. If you end up moving Siakam still for a sort of middling package of what 70 cents on the dollar or whatever, and it ends up, you know, that, that Barrett's the guy you go with as like your number three going forward. I don't love that quite as much as like a talent retention sort of pr proposition, but I think, you know, anything's on the table right now. This team stinks. They're 12 and 19. They're clearly trying to reshape this thing around Scotty Barnes in a way that makes sense. And if there's a deal out there for Pascal where you can do that, then you do that, I guess. But I still think Pascal makes a lot of sense on this team and makes more sense now than he did two hours ago when OG Ananobi was still on this team and they still had Dennis Schroeder as their number one guard. Um, I do think this for the rotation is pretty interesting, man. I, I think there's quite a bit to sort of dive into as far as how the Raptors are going to roll this thing out. My assumption is they'll start Emmanuel quickly from day one. Whenever he's on the team, uh, once he gets to town, once the physicals and all that stuff have been cleared, I would guess he's going to step in and be the starting point guard for this Raptors team. I would guess that you probably slide in RJ Barrett as your starting two guard, and then you have Siakam, Barnes, and Pirtle. I think you could really talk me into something where it's like quickly Trent Barrett Siakam Barnes as like a small ball starting five. It's pretty juicy to me. It's a little more shooting heavy. It gives Scotty that sort of room to operate in the middle. You still get the wing defense from Barrett. You get the point of attack defense from quickly small lineup. Of course, will get bullied against some teams, but if you're trying to mitigate what we've seen from Yaka Pirtle of late, maybe that's a way you could go. Um, I do think this definitely resigns Dennis Schroeder to full-time backup duty. And I think that's, amazing i made this point a couple days ago but this is now a reality for the raptors is dennis schroeder was like the 28th best starting point guard in basketball now he is going to be penciled in as like the third or fourth best backup point guard in basketball with a real guard running the show in the starting five i think that's pretty significant and dennis schroeder now a guy who has kind of driven me mad this season a guy who's been miscast as a starter on this team asked to do way too much now gets to operate with the second unit. And I think that's pretty intriguing. You can have Dennis Schroeder. You have Jalen McDaniels maybe now kind of getting back in the mix. No more Malachi Flynn soaking up those backup point guard minutes. You know, pouring one out for Malachi Flynn, man. It's a it's a tough one uh, that it ended the way it did. But I, I'm glad that we don't have to watch him play basketball for the Toronto Raptors anymore. It just was not working out. You get, of course, uh, you know, Gary Trent Jr. working to the second unit. You have Otto Porter Jr. seems to be back in the rotation of late. Maybe this opens up room for Grady Dick to play. Um, I think they got some pretty interesting stuff they can do. R.J. Barrett can sprinkle in with the second unit. Obviously, Scotty's played with the second unit a bunch. And there's an interesting staggering they can do here. But I do think it puts Dennis Schroeder in particular into the perfect place for him to affect positive basketball as well. So that's a sort of down-the-line rotational uh, you know, like the ripple effects of this move for sure. Um, you know, obviously I, I think this team still is going to struggle on defense. Probably. I don't think this fixes their defense entirely. I think it makes it a little easier on Yaka Pirtle if quickly is at the point of attack, hounding guys like he can. Um, but I do think there's still going to be the limitations of the perimeter D and obviously what Jakob's been doing as a rim protector has not been great. You still got Dennis. You still got Gary have not been great defenders this season. Um, you know, Siakam and Barnes have had their moments on their perimeter, all that stuff. But um, rotation wise, like I'm pretty excited to watch them roll out a starting lineup that features a genuine guard with some shake and some juice in quickly. And I'm thrilled that, uh, that, that that's again, that's the big thing here. Emmanuel quickly is on the Toronto Raptors now. 
And that is the most important thing they could have done here before the deadline is get a long-term guard to pair with Scotty Barnes. I didn't think it was realistic, but it is now. It's happening. It's real. And all you got to do is pay him in the summer when he hits RFA. I think they'll gladly do that. But again, that also complicates the whole Pascal and RJ of it all as well. It's uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. I do think probably this deal makes a Siakam trade more likely, which breaks my heart a little bit um, as a noted Siakam simp. But, uh, you know, it might be just the, the course they got to take here. Unless, of course, again, there's a move for Barrett out there where they can ship him to a team. Maybe a team like the Kings looks at Barrett and says, you know what? That's a guy we can take a look at or something like that. Who knows? We'll see. The Pacers might actually make sense for Barrett, too, when you think about it as well. Um, all the teams that might make sense for an OG or a Pascal might also make sense for Barrett. He's obviously going to probably cost less to acquire, but um, you know that's a thing to keep in mind here as well. I'm sorry I'm not looking at the comments, by the way. I get easily distracted, so I just can't watch the comments. Uh, but if you think I'm dumb, that's fine. If you think I'm smart, I love you. That's cool. Um, either way, thanks so much for rocking with us today and being here. We'll come back in their side. We'll do a quick sort of Farewell to OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, and just sort of get any loose remaining thoughts that are still in my brain out on the paper or the tape or the video, whatever we're calling this. We'll do that in just a sec. Thanks for hanging around. We'll be back very, very quickly. Aha! Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to go check them out right now. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And hey, same game parlays. That's a thing. Maybe for the very first game for Emmanuel Quickly and uh, RJ Barrett on the Raptors, you go a little parlay with those guys. You know, Quickly points. Barrett rebounds or threes made or whatever it might be. Maybe you get RJ Barrett returning to home and playing in front of the home crowd, getting energized and becoming awesome all of a sudden. All of that's there. You can go to those same game parlays, have a good time with those, and all of the other options are there for you as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, kick off the NFL season, or continue betting on the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, rounding it out here, uh, just closing thoughts on the Raptors trading. OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn to the New York Knicks. Again, I can't believe they convinced Dolan to do it. And look, the history of Masai trading with the Knicks, pretty promising. Off to the right start, off on the good foot. Um, they, of course, get Emmanuel quickly. R.J. Barrett in a second-round pick that is of the Detroit Pistons possession or uh, slot, whatever we're calling it. I don't know. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty juicy one would think you know the pistons if you didn't know they're very bad uh, i do think this trade makes it extremely likely the raptors lose to the pistons tonight considering they'll be shorthanded um no og obviously no precious no flynn we'll see i think it will perhaps dull the pain if they do lose having like a real baked in excuse i suppose if that happens or maybe we get like an energized version of the raptors responding to the trade and pasting the desperate Detroit Pistons. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll break that that game down on tomorrow's show as well. Um, maybe. We'll see. We have this extra podcast now for you to get through. And three podcasts in two weekend days maybe feels like a lot. Either way, uh, hopefully, they don't lose to the Pistons and we don't have to talk about it. If they lose, we surely will. Either way, remaining thoughts here. Precious Achua out the door. I think that one... Look, I'm a precious head. I can't quit him. He is the poster coaster forever. I will miss his uh, dalliances with superstardom offset by forgetting how to play the sport that he's paid money to play. 
in very short sequences. He was uh, a fun dude to watch, man. I, I really, really enjoyed the best of Precious Achua. We will still always have the end of the 2021-22 season where he uh, totally went off and became like, I, I don't know, the agent of Vision six foot nine working. It was pretty cool there for a hot second. This season, obviously, the offense, it's still got its issues, right? They tried some stuff with him at the elbows. It, there was mixed results there. I just don't know if he was the right guy for what the Raptors need right now. I, I think if he were like a little bit bigger and a little bit more adept at the traditional center stuff, there was even a starting role for him to potentially carve out here at some point. But I, I just I don't really think he has improved enough at the things that centers need to do to really find a spot on a team that's so loaded with wing talent and depth. And that felt like the place he had to figure things out, I guess. He wasn't good at it. And that ultimately, I think, spells his end in Toronto. They, of course, don't have to worry about paying him in the offseason now. That'll be the Knicks. They'll have his RFA rights. We'll see what happens there. I would much rather be paying Emmanuel quickly in RFA than Precious Achua in RFA. I can tell you that. Um, it's a bummer. But, of course, he's been out of the rotation mostly for the last couple of games here as well. I do think this opens up some interesting Scotty at the five backup, you know, transitional lineups. I think this opens up a little bit more of Otto Porter at the five, which I've been a little sicko for the last couple of games as well. Um, and again, we still don't know what's to come in terms of other moves here. So things could certainly change around, but uh, pressure to Chua. I'm going to be rooting for that dude forever. The guy was a lot of fun, and uh, the dude threw down really big dunks. The Raptors are less good at dunks now, which is uh, one drawback of the trade, if uh, if you're going to look for reasons to be upset about it. Um, but I, I think it was probably not in the cards for this to be a long-term marriage that was ever really going to work out. I will be very happy if Precious can figure things out. Would assume he's going to get some run as a backup five with the Knicks being so injured at that position right now. No Jericho Sims, no Mitch Robinson for the year, obviously. So hopefully he can get in there and have some success. Going to be rooting for him for the rest of time. Malachi Flynn, I, you know, it was never going to work out. It, it just, this was the, the swan song for him one way or another. They were never going to pay Malachi Flynn to be around a long time. Um, shame it didn't work out. He certainly showed some signs this season of being more of an NBA player than he did in the past, but uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to be losing too much sleep over Malachi Flynn headed to the Knicks in this one. I, I don't think there was a, you know, a, a pathway to him eventually kind of carving out a regular role on this team with it being the last year of his contract as well. Um, it really is just salary matching really with, with Flynn and uh, precious going back to make this all work. Mathematically speaking, the OG stuff, I mean, Look, again, I, I do not begrudge anyone who's upset about this trade because they love OG. If you just look at it as far as like fit, him and Scotty Barnes, pretty damn good fit long term. And frankly, Scotty, Pascal, OG, those three guys on the floor together this season have been outstanding. Those three guys without Yaka Pertle on the floor, outscoring teams by 30 plus points per 100 possessions. They have been really good. And in a perfect world, the Raptors would have figured out a way to keep those three guys and reassemble the roster around them. But I don't think there's a way to get a guy like Emmanuel quickly on this team, if not for moving OG, right? Like this was always the thing. OG was always going to be the guy to get you the best return. Maybe people are disappointed by the lack of picks coming back. But again, I think the quickly thing here, getting him in the door, setting him up with a runway to work with Scotty Barnes, banking on a Kentucky guard. Usually a thing that works out pretty well. Um, I, I think it just sort of the price of getting the type of player the Raptors needed in the door to pair with Scotty Barnes, which I think is just a, 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 a guard with some juice who can play both on and off the ball. That was the archetype you had to get to pair with Scotty long term. It cost OG to do it. I think there was probably no other way to get that done without OG being part of it, which is a bummer. But 
Um, you know, I, I think he's going to fit in nicely on the Knicks. He gives them a nice boost of three-point shooting and defense. I think he's going to be an upgrade on Barrett for them for sure. Um, and obviously they had the guard depth, the Villanova orgy going on in their backcourt to kind of withstand the loss of quickly here as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bummer to see OG go. He was just an incredibly likable player. What about scarves? All that stuff. He's been a joy to watch. Uh, he's been, I think a really fun cerebral player to sort of listen to him kind of open up a little bit more over the years and become more of a sort of a personality, even while still being, you know, OG Ananobi about it all. I think obviously you look back at the, the three in game six, was it game six or you know, what is the game? down to game three that's what it was game three to like save the season back in the bubble against the celtics um why can't i remember what game it was my brain is fried i'm pretty sure it was game three when they were down 2-0 either way all-time indelible raptors moment it will always suck that og ananobi was not part of the championship run hilarious that he wasn't and the team was still that good like what would they have done if og were their seventh man during that run pretty incredible to think about sucks that he never got to really be part of those big moments and memories that everyone kind of built up during that time. But, uh, yeah, uh, OG man, uh, a true Raptors all timer, frankly, probably top 12 in Raptors history, just as, as far as counting stats go, he made an all defense team. Raptors players don't make all defense teams, but he did, um, you know, just a really, really fantastic role player for a long time sucks that he could never quite get over the hump offensively and figure out how to be more of a sort of a creation agent he was always just a really excellent play finisher he also with him takes a lot of nice dunks the raptors again really take a hit in the dunk department here hopefully rj can kind of step it up there um as dunks are very important to me and my enjoyment of the sport um you know th there's there's stuff they're gonna miss i've said it for years now, if you trade OG Ananobi, there's every possibility that you miss OG Ananobi and regret trading OG Ananobi for the next 20 years. That's still on the table, right? Quickly busts, Barrett doesn't quite fit, they make the wrong moves to supplement the roster, and OG goes and is a really, really excellent number three or four on very good teams for a long time. That would suck, right? Like that's that's on the table. That's one of the outcomes here for sure. I have pretty high hopes for what quickly can do. So I don't think it's going to hurt too, too much down the line, but um, you know, you're going to miss that wing defense. He was a unicorn, right? The guy who could defend one through five and actually do it. One of like four guys in the entire world who could do that. A guy who one night could guard Nikola Jokic with the best of them and then go and guard Trey young the next night and not miss a beat. We, we lost a little bit of that this year. He wasn't quite the dominating, unbelievable sort of impenetrable wall of defense and footwork that he's always been bit of a step back this season you hope that's just sort of a weird blip maybe tied to just sort of the general malaise of the team or whatever but um certainly gonna miss og like th there's no joy in og and anobi getting traded away today it's a it's a bummer to see that guy go the perfect world would have been keeping og pascal and scotty together as the long wingy uh sort of future basketball trio that they proved they could be in smaller samples with the right players around them but maybe they were just too context dependent to have that be viable going forward. To have the perfect roster around them was going to be hard to accomplish without moving one of those guys. So we'll see. Um, obviously, plenty more to come, one would think. We'll see with Pascal Siakam. Maybe an extension does get done today. That would be pretty fascinating. It would make for one of the craziest days in Raptors history, no doubt. Um, I, at this point, I kind of doubt it, considering where we're at time-wise and all of that. But uh, I think I'll probably leave it there for now. Again, sorry I wasn't 
entertaining the comments. I think there's like 230 comments from from uh, during the show. Appreciate everyone for jumping in there and, and being part of the the mix today. I just I can't do my brain cannot read comments and do a podcast and uh, have it be like sensible and make sense. So uh, apologies for not interacting more. But if you want to interact more. Come hang out in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. I will post this episode and change the description and have the link to the Discord in there. But you can go to any recent episode of the show, find the link to the Discord, and join us over in there. Would love to see you. Um, but yeah, Emmanuel Quickly is a Toronto Raptor. RJ Barrett's a Toronto Raptor. Precious, Malachi, and of course, OG Ananobi. No longer Toronto Raptors. The Raptors did a thing. Didn't think it would come this early, but I'm glad it did because it kind of gives them a little bit more runway here to figure some stuff out. And it's not all sort of cramming at the deadline as far as the moves. There's other stuff to fall surely here. Um, I'm also very thankful because my promise to eat a book if the Toronto Raptors didn't make a trade by the deadline is now null and void because they made a trade. So I don't have to eat paper. That's fun. Um, but we will leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning into the live reaction episode. We'll either be back on Sunday to talk about Raptors Pistons or we'll come back on Tuesday and just kind of reset. We'll chat with the Knicks guys from Locked On Knicks about this deal at some point this week as well. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for rocking with the show. Thanks for hanging. Support, subscribe, follow, rate, review, et cetera, et cetera. And we will talk to you again very, very soon with our episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.